Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Die Living Podcast brought to you by Softlead. Today, <clears throat> we have uh, Brian, George, Brooke, and Rob with us, as well as myself, Aaron. And uh, we have a big get-together this week, kind of an annual powwow for the Softlead team where everyone's descended from all over the country. Uh, <clears throat> and one of the things that that we've been talking about or we're going to be talking about is kind of like our goals for this year, not only as an organization, but also individually. And, uh, you know, we thought, man, we should probably be, this should be like a bigger discussion. It's something that I think a lot of people are probably thinking about this time of year. So we want to share with you guys kind of what we're thinking and what we're going to do and all the stuff that we're going to crush this year. So <clears throat> with that... I don't know. We're missing Doug. With, the, with that lead in. We're we missing are. Doug on this. He's the one that just jumps in randomly and does this the most random Man, stuff. You know, I knew when Doug was like, I'm only going to be gone for six months. It was like, it sounds like a short period of time. And it is. Like, it's going by really quickly. But while he's not here, like, a lot of stuff is changing. It's really quiet. Crickets. Crickets. Mm-hmm. Crickets. The well, office is extremely quiet and very productive. <laughs> <laughs> When Doug's not around. Uh, it's sometimes maybe too quiet. Yeah, it's not like we all have headphones in and actually doing work compared to what we used to do. We come in and just like watch Doug wear funny looking costumes and walk around here, pushing people down this, the hallways and chairs. Right? Yeah, definitely a little bit more zany. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It's kind of cold out here. And, you know, it's one of those things where coming from California to the East Coast is a big change for me. Um, but it's not too bad. I'm excited though. 2018 is a is going to be a, f- a big year. I feel for us as a whole. We have a lot of things on the blocks, and this week's um, you know meeting that we're going to be doing, I feel like we're going to be able to really just like hash it all out and put it in concrete. Well, you've really, as far as your 2018 is concerned, you've really moved from uh, changing kind of your your physical training <laughs> stuff. Yeah, um, that's that's actually true. So it's funny as looking back at it, you know, last year and. I was into like weightlifting and CrossFit and like running a, a gym and living that lifestyle. Sold the business in 2018, like at right around what January or June timeframe um, in the middle of summer and came on full time and, you know, sold the gym. And my life has kind of changed a lot. Just quality of life has been awesome. So that's been great. But uh, yeah, I've actually kind of gotten away from the weightlifting and CrossFit realm and gone full feet first, or you can say head first into the endurance realm. And we can talk like ultra endurance, triathlons. Yeah, man, that's a huge 180. I mean, what was, what was the impetus for the change? So that's funny. I actually have never, that's a good question actually, because of the fact that a lot of what helped me change was coming on full time and us talking about hybrid training for the athlete with softly. Um, and that's what really led me to be like, all right, cool. I need to go ahead and like live this lifestyle so I can go ahead and give the best product possible and continue evolving with it. Um, you know, I can, I write for CrossFitters, I write for tactical athletes, I write for weightlifters, powerlifters, strongmen, whatever else, but I really wasn't really that big into the endurance realm of ultra marathons, triathlons. So that's what ended up leading me into that. I was like, all right, cool. 
cool. Let's go ahead and put all this together and see how I can get the concurrent training going. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that has led me to this year. And, you know, I got some pretty big goals that I have set up for 2018 towards the middle of the year and then at the back end of the year, which we've talked about. I have uh, three Ironmans back-to-back -back in November, so three days, three Ironmans. Three full Ironmans yeah. in three days? Yeah. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and then 12 weeks before that, I have a 100-mile race. Uh, it's called the Kodiak 100-mile race ultra marathon, um, which will be up at Big Bear in California. So the elevation for that starts at 7,000 and it peaks at 10,000. So that's kind of my A race for triathlon, my A race for ultra marathon, and everything else is just sounds, training. Today. Sounds like you're like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. You yeah, know? man, going right after it. Yeah, full yeah. throttle. Well, <laughs> that's kind of what everyone was like. I think I did a six week training program I wrote for myself going into my first 50 miler, which is a fat ass race. Uh, which fat ass race means unsupported and unmarked course and aid stations are pretty much within 13 to 10 miles apart from each other so I my first exposure to an ultra marathon was a fat ass 50 miler with no aid stations I mean aid stations only five aid stations for a 50 miler usually there's about 10 to 11 aid stations for a 50 mile race because they put them about every five to eight miles mm -hmm. not this one I think from my mile 22 to um, Oh, from mile 22 to I think like 34 or 36, there was no eight stations between that. And like that's when I really got into that dogfight on that, my first 50 miler and really just had to like really find some motivation to keep moving. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for doing more ultras this year. Like I said, I have an ultra in two weeks. It's my, uh, it's a 50K in Catalina, which will be fun. That's going to be a blast. Like I said, that's going to be climbing. The Catalina wine mixer. Right? <laughs> it's going to be some afterwards for sure. Um, and then I got some Xterra races, which Xterra triathlons are going to be a 1,500-meter swim into a 26-mile bike, mountain bike, though, into about an 8-mile run. Um, I'm going to be doing that. Plus, I'm, a, I'm looking to do adventure racing this year is uh, one of the things that I'm doing. But, yeah, I'm excited for 2018 as a for my athletic goals. Um, that I have for it. And a lot of it just kind of goes back to like my main purpose and like my main goals as a whole for 2018, um, just to become a better human being and a better coach, a better person doing that stuff. Cool, man. Well, that sounds pretty rad. <clears throat> yeah, I think I know, well, this is all stuff I've seen in magazines, but I know there's like some pretty, pretty gnarly adventure races out there, especially, you know, things kind of off, yeah. you know, continental united states uh yeah. i know there's some crazy shit down in south america and i think last year i read about this race i don't even know if like i guess it is a race but it's in alaska and it's like 60 miles in alaska there's no course they like drop you somewhere and they're like you need to get to like this spot and there's like you know no support you have your emergency beacon Holy it's like shit. first gotta get their wins you know wow um yeah you're so. just given a small knife yeah exactly man <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you say this because my buddy rick who actually is kind of like pushed me into the ultra world um you know it's funny we're actually bringing on the hybrid training talk onto the die living podcast where me and him are going to be we're actually racing the three ironmans back to back together and he has a whole bunch of other stuff and he's actually he actually talked about doing a race like that and it was actually i think it was a 50 mile or 100 miler and it was the same way he has to pull a sled with all his gear in the back and go through whatever else and like no aid stations and it's pretty much like you're talking about and i forgot the name of that race oh. um but that one and then there's another big race in the states that i think is like it's the bad water it's like one of the hottest yeah. races to do 
Well, it's like the most elevation gain of any race. Yep, yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. I know from uh, Death Valley all the way up to the top of Mount Whitney. I believe that is one of course. my friends out in San Francisco. One of the hardest races he said he ever did was a keg Iditarod in downtown San Francisco, and so it was like full keg, half barrel. You and eight other people, and your kegs in a shopping cart. And it was like it was like a fifteen mile race. So it's like the more you drain the keg, the easier it is to push this thing like up the fucking hills. However, the drunker you are from like drinking all this beer, right? So it's like you're trying to find the like the <laughs> as the head of human performance, George really needs to figure out that efficiency, right? right? Exactly, there's, man. Where is that sweet spot? Well, it's funny we talk about that. I remember back being down at Battalion uh, when I was in, and we used to have uh, Crown Royal five k runs. So what we do is you chug a. Uh, f- Crown Royal, like just the, the main bottle, you would chug it between two of you guys, and it would race, a three-mile race, foot race. And the way you would win is if you came back without throwing up. That sounds pretty horrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's like some like Spartan agogi type shit. Like, you know, you hear those stories about the kids, like they have to, one of the final things in Sparta was they had to run a 10-mile foot race with water in their mouths, like, yeah. and they couldn't swallow it. They just spit it out at the end. And like some kid, he had accidentally like tripped and swallowed his water, so he lacerated the inside of his mouth. I was about so to say with blood, you know, so he could like spit it out. It's like it's just like that, but with whiskey. Well, yeah, right? it's it's it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was plenty of times where you're running, you're throwing up on the side of the run because you're not. It's it's one of those things that you're racing someone else. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and you know this path just because of the fact you run it every day, and it's just hammered, just just beyond hammered, and you're just running and chasing your friend, or he's chasing you, and you get back and it was like all right cool what do we do next now you want to run it again sure why not end up running like six miles in total after drinking a thing of crown royal wow man those days are <laughs> yeah those days are no longer in, in the rearview mirror or yeah. way in the river mirror i think if i was yeah. to do a, a bottle of crown royal now i'd probably be dead nah man yeah I, I, that I, sounds like that <clears throat> there was a point in my life where that sounded like an entertaining day right <laughs> yeah I, don't, I couldn't even make it that far but um yeah, I mean, I mean, Brooke if, might know some of these things though with her college days, right? Yeah, well, so Brooke, what is on your agenda for 2018? Um, I guess it's kind of a nerdy wish list, um, but I really like one of my random things. Like, I want to read more. I want to spend more time reading, and I really want to get two more certifications. Um, I really want to become a certified sports dietitian. There's only a couple hundred in the country because it takes so long to get all of your hours in the field. So that's like my big thing I want to accomplish. And I have to get um, like 1,500 hours and then like take a board exam. But I feel like that'd be super cool. What qualifies those hours as being sports nutrition? So it's anything that's like... um, sports nutrition or wellness. So it could even be working with people on weight loss, that counts. Um, Does working at Softly count? Yes, it does count. She's double dipping, motherfucker. <laughs> We're kind of sporty. <laughs> they count, those hours count, so. Anything that helps Softly be better is good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just another, like, it's like the top tier of being in sports nutrition, and like, I really want to accomplish that. That's awesome. Do you have any, like, races or? Adventure goals, travel goals. Um, I definitely want to visit a new country this year. 
that's on my to-do list. Um, as far as like physical activity, I'm kind of opposite of George, right? Like I started in swimming and then I did triathlons. And so like now I'm actually trying to switch and learn the art of Olympic lifting. Like that's kind of my thing I want to tackle right now. So I don't have any specific goals, I guess, related to that, but that's kind of what I want to cool. tackle Get you physically. On a platform. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I mean, I'm throwing around like baby weight, but like, I feel like I'm really getting the technique and I love it a lot. We'll have a soft lead platform by the end of the year. Nice. Yeah. You should look for a weightlifting meet out here. I don't know. I feel like I don't, a weight, like I don't lift enough. So what's it funny seems is, intimidating. Uh, like coming, coming up in like the weightlifting realm, like learning and stuff, looking back at other countries, the way they actually run their meets for kids. It's not about, they don't judge the kids on the weight they're lifting. They judge the kids on the technique that they've shown on the platform and the efficiency of moving the barbell. And it's actually set them up for success and longevity to when they actually get to the age of 18, 19, 20, peaking at the age of 24, they're able to lift the optimal weight that they can, but it's because their coaches did not put them under heavy load at the age of four, five, six, seven, all the way up. So one thing I've always told my beginner weightlifters when I used to run my gym, um, and especially now with the softly weightlifting program, if you guys see it, it's a positional program to really teach positions, not really worry about weight. So the same thing I tell everyone, hey, do your first weightlifting meet, don't look to what's on the bar. Look at how well you move with the barbell instead. I like that. I can do that. All I got out of that is that I need to put my four-year-old with a barbell. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Man. Teach, teach, teach kids how to run, jump, throw, and sprint. Yeah, man. I mean, you see like all those pictures of, you know, babies with like the perfect squat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep, no hip tuck. Yeah, man. It's all good. Get that shit ingrained while you can. <laughs> you look We've at the actually, Tiger Woods of Olympic lifting. Yeah. We moved <laughs> entirely to a air squat based punishment system at my house. Really? Nice. And it works amazing. Really? Yeah. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, like it's really easy for the kids to do squats, you know, like. Mm. My son, even he's six years old, like does not have the strength to do even like a single good push-up. Um, but he can knock out air squats like all day long. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're like, I, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. I'm firmly a believer that like hitting or spanking like doesn't work. You know, it basically just teaches him that's how he's, how to solve problems. Yes. Um, and, you know, when like the meltdown's coming on, that not only is like, hey, I know you don't want to do 25 air squats or like 50 air squats, but <clears throat> so that's a motivator for you to like not do something. You know, that's a punishment. And you go from like pre or full, maybe not full meltdown, because if you're in full meltdown, it's like too late to start that. <laughs> but that dissipates all that physical energy too, right? So, you know, we do that, and after 25 air squats, it's like, you might not be like totally calm, but all that like pent up, like I'm getting super frustrated, I just hit my sister, etc. Like, all that gets pushed out the way through those air squats. So, <clears throat> you know, so far it's working pretty well. Fair but enough. I think, I think that'd be cool to have certain days of the week for punishment. So like a Monday you have air squats, Tuesday you have like push-ups, Wednesday, you have sit-ups. Thursday, you have lunges. No, I, my wife had actually talked, uh, not to go down this road much more further, but my wife talked about it, and it's like, at a certain point, it's almost like, are you disincentivizing fitness with your kids, right, by associating it with punishment? So it's like, I don't I don't know. If we just waterboard. That's all we do. <laughs> I like that. Like, that's, 
does you're not hitting them it's nothing's bad's <laughs> happening you know they might not want to swim when they get older but whatever you know who needs to swim right we have not seen that at all from our kids really um yeah i think the only the only thing i've seen from that is that uh you know my son started running uh like a, a pedal bike if you will with no training wheels when he was three he was like always really into biking and pretty fearless and um we kind of kept like pushing that or i shouldn't say pushing it it's not like i was pushing him to do it we kept every time he showed more interest or taking things up another level like going to the bmx track starting to do mountain biking etc you know i really wanted to like foster that and not be like oh you know no whatever um and we did go mountain biking at a place where i didn't realize they had all there were four trails and it was like green yellow orange and red yeah. Right? And I thought that was just like the colors of the different trails. Negative. It, no, it was like, you know, <laughs> difficulty ratings, right? Yeah. And so we got into this orange trail and basically, you know, it was like these are all kind of like loops connected to each other. And so we got like halfway into this orange trail and, you know, probably like three miles into this thing. And it was a lot of just crossing like these like deep like wash like river kind of washouts. Yeah. Um, and he was just... He's just not big enough to, like, really have momentum to get up a bunch of them. Sure. Super frustrating for him. Super frustrating. And, I mean, you can't stop on an incline like that, right? Like, you're going to make it up or you're going to fall. So, you know, that became really tough. And since then, you know, talking about going mountain biking, he's like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that again. So, yeah. we're kind of, like, working to get back on that horse a little bit. Um, and that was not, I don't know, I mean my fault for not for being an idiot and like not thinking about that um but uh yeah i mean we'll get we'll get back there fair enough i'm not i'm not too worried about it so um how about you uh, what goals do you have for this year man that's a good good question shoot a bunch of cool video for soft fleet continue to walk down that path there's some workshops that i'd like to do in the video production side of the house see if i can uh get Aaron to freaking pick up the tab. Um, but no, really, like, I just, I love learning, you know, new stuff constantly. And so um, definitely want to up my fitness game this next year, especially with the new, uh, if we if we move into a new facility, you know, have, having access to that. This past year has been a little bit difficult just because uh, travel and commute times kind of cut into your, to your fitness time. You know, there's a finite, especially when you, when you got three kids, man, and, and all that sort of stuff. There's a finite amount of hours in the day for you to like spend on you, you know? And yeah, um, well, we see that in the team room a lot, you know, guys posting like, man, you know, like work, family and, you know, shit, man, like I get it. And, uh, I do think that people get unfairly like chastened for posting those questions. Um, however, the flip side is, is like, until you come up with a way to like yeah. have a 26 hour day or you yeah. know, that well, type it's, of thing. It's, I mean, it's, you know, at the end of the day to me, fitness is about health. Yep. And I was for a while, for about a year there, I was getting up at four forty-five in the morning every day and working out with some of my neighbors. We either go run or we go to the little community gym and get it on. And, uh, and I did that cause my wife needed to leave the house for her job at six Oh five, six ten. So I needed to be completely done by then cause the kids are still in the house, you know? So, um, 
I did that for the year, and um, the problem was I just wasn't getting nearly enough sleep because my wife would get home at 8 p.m. from her job, yeah. and I'd want to eat dinner with her and spend some time with her and like have a relationship, you know, a marriage. And so we'd end up staying up till 11, 11.30, and then waking up at 4. And it, it just... It just wasn't the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Like I started having all these like weird like headache problems. You can do that shit when you're young, right? And yeah. I mean with with everything, like not enough sleep, like bad diet, you know, whatever. Eventually you get old enough that like one year, man, it's just like, well, I just can't do it like I used to. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've d- I'm definitely more of like, you know, George has probably much to speak on this, but there's kind of like these optimum windows for me during the day to like work out and 4 a.m. is not that no. window, you know, like, like new, like before lunch, like it tends to be really good for me or like in the early evening tends to be really good for me. But uh, cause I can feel it, you know, it's an, and the, there's, you put this huge negative, like it's really hard to stay motivated when you absolutely hate doing something and it's just, yeah. and it feels like it's a drag on your life. And so I was getting to that point. So I've kind of had kind of the, my big goal for this next year is to rearrange my schedule to the point where I feel like I've got a good fitness regimen and a good health regimen and a good diet regimen and like all the pieces and not necessarily at like the Ferrari level of yeah. George Brunus the third, like, Hey motherfuckers, three Ironmans back to back, but definitely like, and, and, and also figure out what, I think for me, too, over the last couple years, having, I mean, I'm still in the National Guard, but having, like, removed the active duty component of the military, like, I don't have anything to train for anymore. You know, I used to train to be, like, strong, either, like, kicking on doors or doing endurance stuff. And I enjoy being strong and naturally, like, I have a, my body type is just, like, I could pick pick up heavy things and and do that really well. And so it's fun for me, like in a group when I'm deployed, like I was in Africa last year deployed and it was fun to like go throw weight around and be the big guy up, you know, like they could like squat, you know, 500 pounds or whatever. But, um, now, you know, I don't, I don't care about that at O2 fitness. You know, I just want to feel like kind of like whole man. I just want to be able to pick up my kids and feel good in a pair of pants, you know? <laughs> and that's funny. You say that dude is like, we see this all the time in the team room and I see it. I get direct messages or Facebook messages a lot of the times too. Hey, how do I balance out my life? And a lot of it comes down to one, knowing what your purpose is and knowing what your priority is that leads to your purpose. And, you know, when I, you know, for instance, like listen to Brian talk, like, hey, what are your goals? He wants to get back into working out. He wants to, but his main purpose is, I can tell is being the best dad possible. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I just want, and and that's what I want is to be healthy for my kids and like have a good time there. Like me personally, like, so if I were to pick, it's kind of like the Mountain Hunter program, right? Like if I were to pick one physical sport that I care about, it's downhill snow skiing, right? Like I'm huge into that. but that's like a two week a year, if I'm lucky, treat, you know, is to go do some alpine skiing, kind of like hunting, you know, that might be your, your treat for the year, but that doesn't mean you can't train for it and yeah. like maximize those two weeks, like to the fullest. So, but the rest of the time, right? Like when that, when that, that trip is a year out or 11 months out or nine months out, uh, it's hard to like man, I'm going to rearrange yeah. my schedule today Hard to, to keep like your eyes on the get out of bed earlier or whatever. And that's so that, that that's the big thing with this hybrid training talk that we're bringing on to softly with Rick and myself is a lot about how we 
delegate our time because we, you know, I work full time here. I run my kids and all, all the stuff. He has a full time job in the military still. And a lot of what we come down to is talking about the priorities of it all. Right. And like, there's some days where like, I only train for 45 minutes. But the cool thing about like how I'm training now, it's like it, my purpose isn't to be the best ultra marathon runner, the best triathlete, the best weightlifter. It's the same goal as to be the best father and the best human possible that I can be so that I can give my all to what we're doing here today. Yeah. And, you know, it, at once I changed my mindset to that, I actually realized that, hey, look, I don't have to train 20 hours a week. I can train between six to 10 hours a week. And that's fine. Even less than that. Right. So it's like. Well, see, all of that to me sounds hyper luxurious, right? Like 45 minutes a day to work out, you have that? That's super rad. But like, the thing is, <laughs> not every day you're going to have it, though. But yeah, for instance, yeah, yeah. like, so today, like, we had lunch, right? We went to lunch real quick. All right, cool. And then we're doing this podcast, and afterwards, like, all right, cool. Like, I'm going to go ahead and set 30 minutes away from myself real quick to maybe go for a light jog. Or not even just a light jog. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and do 30 minutes of maybe some, like, push-ups, air squats, and sit-ups right next to my desk, and then get back to work. You don't have to, like, and I know this sounds contradicting, but it's like, if you don't have that kind of time in the day, it doesn't mean you have to be on a program, but you can do something that's active. And I feel a lot of times what happens is people get into this mindset that we're talking about right now that is like, oh, I don't have 32 hours in a day. I have all this going on, but it's like, all right, well, how many times do we sit here looking through our phone sometimes? How much, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you know, or whatever else, like, or wake up 20 minutes earlier than what you're supposed to wake up and do some kind of physical activity real quick. Maybe go for a walk, maybe go for a light jog in 10, 15 minutes, maybe do like switch it up. Like on a Monday, you wake up and go for a 10 minute, 15 minute jog on Tuesday, maybe do some body weight workout real quick. And then Wednesday rest, Thursday do the same thing, Friday, same thing. And then Saturday and Sundays, you're, you're sleeping and resting with the family. Like you're still being somewhat active and you're moving. And I really believe that if you can just move, you'll be fine. And I'll tell you, I'm not gonna lie to you, you guys have probably seen it and changed now a little bit. When I first came, when we started making all the traveling out here, how much was I always worried about trying to get into the gym? I was always worried about trying to get into the gym because I was like, that's what I need to do. I'm like, okay, cool. Like today I talked to Brooks, like, hey, can you get me into an open gym at least this evening? Yeah, let's go for it, that's cool. All right, tomorrow's like a swim day. I'm gonna do it early in the morning and I'm done for the day. But it's like really like waking up earlier, doing what we have to do. Um, and I understand the travel times the same way with myself back home. It's like, I don't wanna go do things because it's hard because I have to stop working and travel somewhere. You know, it, it's just how it is. So I really think like being able to find like a small 15 minute window in your day to where you can actually just do something really quick. Well, part of it's your focus change too, right? Exactly, like, yeah. You don't need a platform where it's like, man, if I don't get on the platform, then I just don't get to do yeah. what I want to do for yeah, today. Yeah, definitely. Um, but especially with now, though, with the purpose changing, with all our purposes, like, you know, where we're going with Softlead as a whole and, like, where we need to have our heads at, you know, everyone rowing the boat in the same direction, um, it's really has changed. And I really believe that, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just spin to yourself. That could be your meditation for the day and that can be your therapy. Knock out, like, a 15-minute EMOM or an MRAP of push-ups and air squats, <laughs> you know, real quick, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like, it just comes down to a priority to what like really leads it to that. For instance, you know, you say you want to do your downhill skiing trip. All right, cool. Start training 12 weeks off from it. But the past six months before that 12 weeks, you were doing something for 15, 20 minutes. So you have some kind of fitness level going yeah. into that program. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you mean. And it's, <clears throat> you know, at the, at the end of the day, I think like, there's a lot of talk, you know, in the military or whatever. It's like everything, if you're not doing something you need to be doing, then you're making an excuse, right? That's sort of the mentality. And I, f I feel like I've been in a position where like 
yeah, I've got excuses, but they're valid, right? Like, yeah. the, like it's more important for me to like spend a little bit of time yeah. with my kid, or it's more important for me to do that. But it's starting it to the point where, um, you know, like, hey, man, like, you need to take care of you. Need to take also. care of me. Uh, being, being, uh, and I had a conversation with one of the guys on the team room. He hit me up on the, on the on a direct message on Facebook, and he was like, "Hey, man," he's like, "Something like you, dude." And he was talking about. It. He's like, "Dude," he's like, "I've I've given myself to my family and everything else, and it's led me into this very unhealthy lifestyle." And I was, he's like, is it selfish for me to put away an hour a day or, or, you know, five hours a week or however else to focus on me? And I was like, no. I was like, if you focus on yourself, guess how much better it's going to make you for your kids and your family at the end of the day. Because, again, your main purpose is to be the best father possible. Everything else underneath that are sub-purposes and sub-priorities, right? So if I can use these as a stepping stone or as a, as a ladder to climb to my purpose, then I'm going to end up, end up leading myself to the right place and giving my family and my job and everything else 150% instead of giving myself 90% because I'm degressing from trying to be that best father possible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Now I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah, dude, definitely. So. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I didn't think like this for a while. I think making the switch over full-time to you guys um, made me really realize that. was like, all right, hey, my main purpose isn't to be the best freaking athlete out there. Well, I think that, too, I mean, finding everything in life, but including finding balance, yep. isn't like a static thing. It's no. not like a place that you get to. You know, it's more about... <clears throat> you know, rather than finding one spot and like balancing right there, it's almost like riding a bike, you know, like you're going to keep moving no matter what. And it's finding that balance while you're moving yep. rather than just being like, Oh, Hey, I like, I accomplished this, check this box. Now yeah. that's done. No. You know? Well, that's the problem with fitness, right? Is like a lot of people feel about that with their whole lives. Yeah. Like they're looking for completion and there is no completion. There is no fitness. completion of fitness. It's an evolving thing that you do every single day until you, <laughs> until you die. Well, and I think that's one of the things like, I mean, both of you guys mentioned, um, you know, and I know that for myself, I found this to be really important. Like if I don't have a goal that I'm like training for, then having that like, you know, motivation of like, what am I, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. yeah. Working is, out is boring and <clears throat> stupid. Training is awesome. You know, yeah. that's well, like, or working out in a way, I think. Everyone has things that they're better at, right? Yes. And so, you know, it's easy. I just did like the 23 and me thing. Sure. I was looking at my report this weekend and it's like, it's like your muscle fibers are like, you know, more suited towards like, you know, strength than like endurance type stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. I believe that. Um, <clears throat> I hate doing cardio shit, but you know. I love getting under the barbell and I could do that all day long, not all day long, but like that's super fun, you know, rowing until I fucking pass out is not super fun. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, finding that balance even within that is, is definitely critical. I think the key word that we're, that we're all probably going to go to is flexibility. I think one thing that people don't understand that you, you, you're in control of your life. You're in control of what you do every single minute of the day. Sometimes you don't, but at the end of the day, though, it's like flexibility is key. If you don't understand that you have the flexibility to do what you want to do, then then you're, you're going to get stuck like we're talking about, right? And when we hear her talk about, well, I'm not training for something. Well, yeah, you are training. I'm training. I'm going to go to the gym today and train so I can live an extra day so I can add an extra life or an extra day to my life. And that's my point is like the mentality of training is like hyper important, right? As opposed to this, the mentality of, cause I feel like that's every year, you know, the gyms like the, it's a hilarious, uh, 
trope that people make a New Year's resolution, the gyms are filled for like a month and all those people drop away. And I think it's because the mindset of those people is like, I need to be in the gym working out and they go work out, but they aren't training. Like they aren't, they aren't putting a goal forth and trying to like get to that goal. And so they see, they don't be, and because of that, because there's no metric, there's no objectivity to it at all. Like, Obviously, working out, if you've never done it before, is un- unpleasant. Like, it's not sure. fun. And it's and a lot of people seem rudderless, which is a great thing, wait, thing that Softly provides, is like a beacon of light yeah. down the road, you know, where you can like, oh, okay. Because, you know, you walk into a gym. I remember walking into a gym. I knew nothing about working out before I joined the military. Like, nothing. Um, you know, other than, like, high school crap. But... Uh, you'd walk, I'd walk into a gym and just like wander over to the Nautilus machines, I guess. And like do this one, I guess I'm supposed to do the chest and I guess I'm supposed to do the back and you know, no idea. Um, and I feel like a lot of people get into that and yeah. just fall away. Cause it's like, this seems pointless. And, and the problem there is everyone's looking at the big picture and no one's looking at the little picture. And the saying that I use, and people have heard me say this multiple times on this podcast is micro movement dictates macro movement. So I can use that saying in everything I do in life. So for instance, right, it's like, all right, cool. For today's session, when I go into the gym, I wanna be able to do A, B, and C, and that's my micro goal for the day in the gym. I start adding those micro blocks together. It leads me into this big macro goal that I just accomplished at the end of the day. Um, So I really believe like, you know, we can, with the New Year's resolution, right? It's in the problem with like, and I'm gonna go against with what you said, like I, I need to be in the gym. No, it's they wanna be in the gym, they just don't have anything that's internally pushing them even more to understand they need to be in the gym for health, for longevity, for their family. Um, and, and I learned that through a book um, called This Is How from, uh, he, it's an author who wrote the book Running With Scissors, who, uh, Augustine, forgot his last name, damn it. Um, But it's a book called This Is How, and he talks a lot about the differences between wants and needs, and how needs actually a stronger word in general than want. So for instance, let's say, Aaron, you went to the, uh, to the doctor and the doctor told you, hey, you need to start, you need to start working out because you have a heart condition. This is going to help you, you know, whatever else. You're going to go ahead and train every single day or at least set up something to train four times a week. Now if someone, you went to the doctor, he's like, oh, you're 100%, you're healthy, you're fine. You're really going to have that internal motivation to go work out? Probably not. So the doctor just implying that, hey, you need to do something um, to, for your health to stay alive. I think if we can kind of manipulate our mind to understand like, hey, Movement is just going to help us for our, our, our longevity, right? We look at our ancestors and a lot of stuff I'm doing right now is researching on just like sleep and everything else. It's what I do. It's like I enjoy doing it. But a lot of it goes back to like these hunter and gatherers just moved all the time. That's all they did. Like they just moved. And it's like one of those things now. It's just like we become so stagnant and so static and we're only killing ourselves. So just to get out and move like I said before, for 10, 15 minutes is a micro piece to this life that we have. We need one of those like bicycle bar setups for the podcast. Just be like, Oh yeah, just, dude, just the whole time we're here, <clears throat> just right. riding a bike, dude. And that's the funny part, right? Is everyone Why is everyone of, breathing hard? Well, that's the funny part is everyone talks about like, Oh, I hate aerobic work or I hate doing rowing or biking. And it's like, when was the last time that you went out on the bike with your, like your girlfriend, or your significant other, and just rode for fun, like riding with him on the, on the streets? It's like, you can yeah. use that same leisure and that same tempo on a bike in the gym. You're still working out. You're still getting your heart rate up. Well, that again, I keep going back to the military mindset because it's where like 
yeah. my, my incubator was. But in the military, it was like you aren't working out unless you're dragging your skull across the concrete. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You know, you're not. Yeah. Oh, so if you went and did like if you and your buddy went out and rode a bikes for two hours and you covered 20, you know, 35 miles or whatever. And it was just a conversational pace, you know, hey, man, let's stop here. Grab a cup of coffee. Like people are going to be like, what did you do? Well, I, we rode bikes today. Well, we went and worked out, you know, because we were like puking on the side of the yeah. road and like, man, OK. But And, and I have to 100 percent agree with you on that, dude. Like, I believe that, dude, I was in that mindset also. And, and it actually broke me in half going into the CrossFit realm. Like, I mean, I used to be a, a decent CrossFitter and competed in competitions, a decent weightlifter and like. It kind of like when I got into this like endurance realm, I started realizing like you can't do that every single day. You do that every single day and you're done. And that's the reason why we look at a lot of endurance athletes who do that every day. They're done. They're, they've only lasted two years. And then if you go listen to like guys have been doing this for eight to 10 years and you listen to how they're training, you listen like, oh, yeah, my intensity, my volume is like this low. It's, it's way below what people think. And I've actually really taken that approach for myself, but I've also put that approach on the softly programming, um, which is why we do see a lot of guys staying healthier, being recovered. And there's times where I'm gonna, we're gonna drive you into the ground because you do need some of that there, right? Again, the hunter, hunter and gatherer aspect, they spike, their, they spike their central nervous system and get into a sympathetic state when they're hunting, right? They kill the animal, but automatically they go right back to that parasympathetic state for rest and recovery. Again, military has always set us up to be like, hey, you're going to be in this mentality of just kill, 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 and you're going to drive yourself into the ground, down, down, ground, ground until you can no longer work. Why? Because we're just numbers in that realm, in that world. When we come out of that world, we're still in that mentality, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm no longer just a number. I actually have a purpose of living for my family, and I can't dig myself a hole anymore like that because if I drive myself into the hole like that again, I'm not going to be able to go pick my kid up go hang out with them, like none of that stuff. So no, I 100% agree with you. I think it's just really understanding how to transition that mindset from being like, hey, look, it's okay to go for a 20 minute walk with your loved one and call that your training day for the day. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people don't make it when they set these like huge, unrealistic, super intense goals like in January because they're not thinking about like, well, what's realistic to put in my life and small little changes. Like if you don't do anything, a 20 minute walk a day is great. Like yeah. and it should be a stepping stone and then set new goals come February or March. And it goes the same way for nutrition. And, and, and I think that's the reason why it all comes in together as it all. Right. It's like nutrition to make a drastic change. You have to make a small change that leads to a drastic change. Well, I, I also, there, there's a huge amount of um, value that I discovered in lower intensity training days from a mental standpoint. You know, when I'm, when I'm running or doing wind sprints or whatever, the only thing I'm thinking about is breathing in my heartbeat and doing that neck and literally grabbing whatever it is from the base of my bowels to like make that next rep, you know, that make that next sprint. But if you go off in a light jog or a walk or something like that, you, your mind wanders. And I find that every single time I do that, some problem that I've been thinking about is magically solved. There's a Latin phrase like solvator ambulando. It's like it is solved by walking, you know, that like that gets your brain. I'm sure, you know, there's some physiological change that happens when you're moving that, you know, change how your body's, you know. How your body's thinking. I, <clears throat> so Brooke's taking a photo of me right now of like my hands up in the air because of what you just said right now, Brian. Like that hits home to me a hundred percent. You know, we've just developed a whole bunch of new programs that that we just dropped just recently. And 
a lot of that creativity and a lot of that of like where I wanted to flow from and how to make it happen was on my low aerobic days of just swimming or just running or just on the bike because, and there is a scientific behind that saying, hey, like low aerobic work actually helps with mental clarity and helps with promoting a stronger heart and helps with all these like fur, uh, burning fat. But it, people don't realize that you do that, you slow down for the day or you slow down for that five, 10 minutes that has been just going crazy and you're able to solve something. And that's why I'm super happy that you realized that and you said that is because like there it is, that's the step and that's the key to the door for you to actually get out and get start to train small. That's the key. You just gave yourself the key for that. Cool. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Um, we didn't even get to me and Rob, but maybe that'll be like a part two. No, that'd be part two. Because I want to so, hear yours for sure. Yeah, we were worried about this not being long enough. And now we're like, oh, God. No, I think we had a really good. I think that was great. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Maybe there will be a part two to this podcast. We will see you, though, next week for whatever is next in store. Thanks for joining us out from Softlead HQ. Yeah, there's guys. Yeah, we can um, um, we can like literally cut in if we want to start <clears throat> from there right. and do it again. We can just cut in. <laughs>